Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Before we jump into this episode, I want to share a recent review that came in from Deluxe. She said, quote, I hate cooking, except when I have a great podcast to listen to in the kitchen. And Whitney uses her journalism prowess to consistently offer up rich combos with great guests in her podcasts. These episodes make me look forward to whipping up pasta puttanesca on a Wednesday night. First off, yum, what time's dinner? Secondly, (laughs) seriously, I genuinely appreciate the feedback. Thank you to Deluxe and others for taking the time to leave a review. Not only does it fuel me, more importantly, it helps other people who might be inspired by something I'm sharing or someone I'm interviewing to find electric ideas. Thank you. Okay, so on to the show. Today's guest is Misha McKittridge. Misha is a mindset coach and creator of the Mindset Check podcast. She shares out inspiring content under her umbrella, which is my friend Misha, across social platforms and speaking engagements and coaching opportunities. Misha's passion is teaching people that they have more power than they think they do, which is so aligned, so aligned for me. She talks about how called she is to help other people consistently take what she calls mindset checks so that they can live as their highest and best selves. And wow, she delivers on this. Misha has so much actionable wisdom to share. So let's get into this. Misha, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Whitney. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) I'm just really excited to connect with you. And I want to start with this concept of vibration, because I think it's central to how you teach people about mindset. So let's start there. What is your perspective on individual vibration? So it's interesting. We are a little bit like sponges unless we know better, right? And we absorb everything around us and everything around us has vibration, everything, things that we consume, things that we interact with, whether it's environments, whether it's media or just a person, a conversation, even like inanimate objects can carry vibration. So it's interesting when we start to recognize what that is and how it is affecting or altering us as we go through our living. And sometimes we don't know to be in charge of our own vibration. And so we go through life absorbing and then we're left with a product that is the result of whatever we were around. So typically we might end up, you know, kind of like when people drop in and they're like, can you just share with me some good news? Can someone just give me some good news? And so much of that is the attitude or the idea of they're relying on someone outside of themselves to raise that vibration. 
when we really learn vibrations, when we really learn that it's our responsibility to be in charge of our own inner vibration, we then decide what do we want? How do we want to feel? And what can we place in our life, including our own actions, the way that we are, what we fall into, what we fall prey to, what we protect? Because if we lift ourselves up high and we're in a high vibration, feelings, emotions have vibrations, right? And if we are existing in higher feelings, then our vibration is going to be higher. And every single thing that we bring into our life and our atmosphere, our environment feeds that. So sometimes I like to think of it like the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. And a lot of times with a thermometer, you're just reading the environment, kind of similar to like being a sponge, right? Mm -hmm. And a thermostat, you're actually controlling the environment. You are in charge. You get to choose the temperature. Oh, love a good visual. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I want to unpack this a little bit more. So something that's coming up for me right away, just to give a concrete example. So I was a journalist in a former life and it used to be, it bleeds, it leads was just like what they'd say Ooh. in the newsrooms all Ooh. the time. Yeah. 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 And as you're talking about that, that, that just like came up because uh, the way we consume news mm-hmm. is so different now with the 24 hour news cycle. And I do think that it can have a toxic impact on people. Mm-hmm. Completely. 100%. You have to be very vigilant about what that is. Yeah. So what are some more kind of specific examples of ways that people knowingly or unknowingly can boost or maybe are lowering the constant news cycle suck, perhaps their own vibration? How can we be more aware? Right. So sometimes if you, if you can pay attention to like just how you feel inside, then that's a clue to like, okay, well, what am I, what am I participating in? What are the thoughts I'm thinking? What, what is in my life that's creating those feelings and realizing how much choice and how much power you have inside of that. So for example, we have low feelings, low vibe feelings, like guilt, fear, anger, resentment, shame, anxiety. Those are all really, really low and high flying feelings are like, Peace, love, enlightenment, joy, gratitude, all of these good, juicy feelings. And so one thing to know is that you can't feel a high-flying feeling and a low-flying feeling at the same time. So high feelings trump low feelings. So if you've played cards, you know what that means, right? They take over. They're, they, it's impossible to feel gratitude at the same time as feeling anxiety. It's impossible to feel love and at the same time feel shame. So there's the recognition of where do you register most, kind of like if you were sitting with someone and you were looking at an Amazon rating, right? I guess not sitting with someone, but just looking at an Amazon rating and you see that there's an average of however many stars on that rating, you have an average of how you vibrate. So On average, are you vibrating high or are you vibrating low or is it in the middle? And sometimes really good thing to do is to pay attention to if you're really, really low and you are allowed to, you know, make it into like a higher vibration, which would be 
Somewhere in the middle could be like courage, willingness, forgiveness. Those are kind of right in the middle. Knowing that you stepped out of anger or grief into something like forgiveness, or if you stepped out of resentment into like, I got this, like courage, right? Like you can do this, courage, right? You have to recognize yourself for every increase along the way. And so sometimes I think that that's also very important because we can kind of judge ourselves based on where we think we are and notice that judgment is low, right? Absolutely. I mean, I want to reflect that back because I think this is really important, especially for women to hear, because I think sometimes if you're in this low vibrational state and, you know, none of us stay on our high flying disc through the course of life, right? So I think one of the things in my mindfulness journey that's been most important is that when I fall into a lower vibration state, I can get out of it much more quickly because I have Mm -hmm. that awareness. Mm -hmm. If my community members find themselves in kind of a low vibration state, Mm -hmm. I know we can't expect them to go from there to super high off the charts. What are some things that they can do to to try to tiptoe up the emotional scale, if you will? Exactly. So I have a list that I can provide for you to to share with your audience. And this is a a list that's called Choose Your Feelings. Mm -hmm. And it has just some basic suggestions on the list. And the idea is that when we do have control, that we take control. When we do have the capacity to, in other words, raise the rating that we install good ratings, that we install good feelings. And so if you can alter the way that you feel inside, then you are going to raise your vibration because where you are registering emotionally and how you're doing has everything to do with how you vibrate. So for example, on the list, and there's a list of like seven things and these, sometimes they sound elementary, but if you can drop into these and you can really feel them, you are altering your entire life because you're not just altering your vibration. You're altering your brain patterns, the way that you default think the way that when you, you know, all of these different ideas. Mm -hmm. So if you like, number one is what do you have proof of keeping a list of the things that other people have said about us that are good and positive, because a lot of times when we get discouraged and we get feeling low, we're really just forgetting who we are. And so if we can drop in and remind ourselves, so I like, I say that everybody should have a proof list and it should be a list that other people have said to you that actually means something to you. And it's not for you to judge whether or not it's true. It's only for you to judge whether it was like said in an authentic way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so on mine, I have Maria likes to practice yoga next to me and Maria is bad to the bone. You know, and so I know that that means something, right? Because she likes my energy or I challenge her. Or my friend Michelle says I'm a good writer. Well, Michelle is a, she's an avid reader and writer. So if she says to me that I'm a good writer, do you see how you can see how it means even more when you know the meaning behind it? Mm -hmm. And then dropping into that proof list is a little bit of a reminder of who you are. And it raises your vibration, it raises your feelings into the higher flying feelings. So I'll give you a couple of others. One that I love is sitting in feelings that trump others. We talked about how you can't feel it at the same time. 
but really dropping into those feelings might look like reaching out to someone and showing true, genuine appreciation or gratitude, right? Just anything in the the heart energy realm, dropping into love, writing notes to people in your life and actually sending something in the mail, right? Like that you think it really might make a difference for someone else. And then it makes a difference for you to be able to check into that feeling, checking into gratitude, anything that you can do. One of the things I love about gratitude is it's called a, like a gratitude or beauty. You could do beauty because beauty also registers as like, well, I'm so grateful for that beauty. And so you take the last 24 hours and you think of the three most beautiful things you have seen or the three things that you're the most grateful. And all of a sudden you've dropped yourself into gratitude, appreciation, and you've changed your next 24 hours because your brain will then look for those things in the next 24 hours. So it's fantastic and it's automatically lifting your vibration. And so what we see here is that happiness is an inside job. It's not a job that we lend out. I just am loving all this actionable wisdom. So if you had something <laughs> else there, I, I yeah, mean, I, I have yeah. I have this whole list and I'll share two more. And then your listeners can print it. And I love to just say, hey, hang this in your closet. Hang it wherever like, you're going to see it that will give you a little reminder that you're going to go or right on your mirror or wherever, wherever you need the reminders of like, hey, it's my job. It's my job to drum up good emotions and good feelings and to raise that rating, to raise that average, you know, because then it changes who you are and who you are becoming. Yes. Okay. So two more. So I love listen to, to voices that lift and inspire. Uh, one of the ideas behind this is getting outside of your own head. And so a lot of times we are not our own best friend to hang out with. And whenever that's happening and the more that you notice it, then the quicker you can create patterns to change that. And so inside of your mind, if you find that you're not the good person that you really want to be hanging out with at the time, it's okay. Don't judge yourself, right? Just hang out with a different influence. The most generous thing sometimes you can do is to give your mind away. And so if you drop in and you listen to a motivational speaker or a podcast that's uplifting or maybe a comedian that makes you totally laugh your guts out or a friend, sometimes we can have friends in our lives that you know you're going to call and you're going to feel a certain emotion because you're chatting with them. Absolutely. And music, I would add to that. Yeah. Yeah. So music's the next one I was oh. going to share. Oh, good. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> We're on but the yes, same wavelength here. <laughs> it's exact, but see, you, you, you can see how much you can shift inside of music, right? Mm-hmm. One of the tasks I just gave my clients, my group that I'm coaching is to go create a playlist with a certain emotion that you want to feel more often in your life. The songs that make me feel happy, songs that make me feel gratitude, songs that make me feel power and abundance songs that help me feel love, whatever it is. Because then the thing is, is the thing that's so great about music, it's one thing to to choose it when you're in charge, when you're in control, when you're conscious of what's going on. But sometimes when you get hit and it hurts and you're kind of struggling, pushing play on something that's music is so easy. It can pull you right out so fast. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, those are some, some actionable ideas. And again, like you're, everybody can go print this list. Those are beautiful examples. And I love how 
just, I think it's very empowering to remind ourselves that we're in charge. We are the ones who have the power to take control and continually come back to how we can be in charge of our own energy, our own vibration. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I think it's so true that the deeper you go into this, the more you realize that you also don't need to worry about people outside of you and trying to change them. It's more about just like, "Mm, they'll fall away. And one of the things I love about your show is you use a variety of formats to illustrate lessons and you tell these (laughs) wonderful stories, (laughs) these little snippets. And one that stuck with me that's very true to this topic is about the eagle versus the raven. Yeah. Can you indulge yes. our listeners in that, like a, a short version of that story? Because I think sure. it really illustrates a good point. Sure. And yes, that's a passion for me to find a little bit of lesson in nature or science to, to support like ideas and the things that we're learning. So in nature, when an, a raven lands on an eagle's back, the eagle doesn't want the raven there. And the raven continues to peck away at the the eagle. It's very irritating. And instead of turning around and interacting with the raven, the eagle flies higher. And the reason that the eagle flies higher is because the eagle knows that the raven can't handle the higher altitude, but the eagle can. And so the higher it goes, a raven will then just fall off of its back and no longer be able to tolerate the environment that the eagle created. I love that. It just, it, that encapsulates the power of consciously raising our own vibration. Yeah. What other meaning is really important for you from that story? I think a lot of times we think that we're subject to people in our life that might be negative or that might be riding in low vibrations. And I always love this story to teach my clients that you're just going to waste your energy if you turn around and peck away. And try to have a, a you know an interaction with this raven, because this raven is vibrating on a totally different vibration. This is not even worth your energy. So fly higher, work on you, fly higher, and everything melts away. When you raise your vibration, the little things in life that seem hard become so much easier. They melt away, and I think it's a, such an inner knowing of knowing that. It's kind of like if you're walking down the street and some guy yells at you and says, hey, your hair is purple and you know your hair is not purple. And why does it even matter? And depending on your state, you might just keep walking and be like, that guy's crazy. And you might turn around and be like, what are you talking about? My hair is not purple. You know, and you might engage with crazy. And sometimes we don't see that we do that. Sometimes we need a ridiculous example about purple hair to help us see it. Yeah. And when you say it like that, it just is, just makes me so mindful of how often we give our energy and our power away Mm -hmm. in ways that don't serve us. No, 100%. So you've said some of your training and you're very open about this, comes from the School of Hard Knocks. Right. And you've spoken very openly about some difficult times in your life. Mm-hmm. You were pregnant as a 15-year-old. And I want to pause there because you were so uplifted. Talk about the opposite of the raven. You were very uplifted 
by the mindset and presence of people around you, Mm -hmm. specifically your dad Mm -hmm. and what he said to you and how he handled you sitting across. You had to be terrified, 15 years old, pregnant, sitting across the table, sharing this news, hearing this story for the first time. I was on the edge of my seat. Mm. Can you tell us how he handled that and how, Mm -hmm. what you've learned from his mindset? Right. For sure. So we had already told my mom that we were pregnant and my dad was asleep and we were kind of waiting for my sisters to go to bed. And so in that time, my dad went to bed and I was like, dang it, you know, and my sisters went to bed and then I, and then we told my mom and then she was like, okay, hang on. Like she hardly even responded. She said, like, she knew she already knew she had an inner knowing. And then she went and got my dad. And so out of a dead sleep, he comes out and sits on the couch and he's just in his sweats and just sitting there like ready just to be like, there you go. There's a bunch of news. And so when he learned that we were pregnant, he, (laughs) so what I call flat forehead syndrome. And it's when you take, he took his flat, his hand and he put it flat up against his forehead. And then he closed his eyes without even saying any words. And he just took a deep breath and he sat there for a few minutes and just breathing and thinking. And then he brought his hand down and he looked me in the face and he said, Misha, you need to know that we are not the family that will send you to Texas to live with a distant family member so that we can pretend this isn't happening. He said, you are our family and what you go through, we go through. Literally just like... In that one moment, right? I always look back and even reflect on that story of the time that he took to just think, to just pause and not react right away, you know? And so the rest of that night looked like him. First of all, we talked about the baby and about options that we had inside of that. And then we talked about He prepared me by saying, Mish, not everybody is going to receive this news and be okay with it. You're going to have a lot of people who judge you. And for you, it's not to pay them any mind. He said, maybe they haven't been through something hard yet and just let them be. Just leave them alone and grab onto the ones that are in your corner. Those are the ones you want to pay attention to. And in that moment, My dad and my mom, they both really, really did not care about what anybody else thought about this news. They cared about me. And they didn't just care that way that night. That's how they showed up with their neighbors, with their friends. That's who they were. They were more for me than they were trying to protect the way that it looked for them at all. Which continued to show for me the most amazing examples in so many ways, especially in my value and the way it built me into a completely different person. And then of course, looking back going, I embody that now as much as I can. Right. And I've never really had a desire to hide who I am or things that have happened for me in my life. And I can clearly see 
that that's because that was modeled for me, that I needed to worry about me. And as long as I was good with me and my God, the people around me, that I was being me, it was okay. It's such a beautiful lesson in unconditional love. Mm -hmm. How has this gift that your parents gave you informed the way you love others? Oh, I love that's the best question ever in my whole. That is so beautiful because it I'm already really dropped into them and their love and the way that they really did just show up in such a beautiful way. Yeah, I guess not judging a book by its cover, allowing people the space to grow and knowing that who you're becoming is more important than who you've been. And there's so many times that we just don't know different. And again, once the lights are on and once we see it, we have a choice. Are we going to sit in the judgment of a ourselves or other people or whatever? And yeah, I, I think I think I saw my parents love. They loved hard. My mom was very compassionate towards other people. And my dad was very, let me like, can I help you? Can I figure it out? And can I get in your heart and help your mind and your brain? And I feel like that that was very much passed on to me just as I watched him be the person that he was. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> so your daughter, you had so young, your angel girl, Taylee. Taylee, uh-huh. She passed away at a very young age and we're not going to get into the details on that, except I just deeply want to acknowledge that your practices around mindset have been so powerfully tested in your own life. Yeah. And one of the things you call on your community to do all the time that I think is so empowering is to choose better over bitter. Yeah. Yeah. And not to slip into the victim mode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you went through some very difficult times in your life. And at that time, you'd kind of just slipped into victim mode. What's something now that you've long overcome this? How can we understand victim mentality in our own lives? Mm -hmm. Very good question. Okay, so let's start with a memory that I have that will hopefully ignite a memory for you. I was a young girl and I started crying over something and I was really upset and I was sent to my room and I was just like kind of really, really audibly, you know, very loud crying. And then there was a moment where I was kind of done crying and I made a conscious choice to keep crying because I wanted someone to come. I wanted someone to come and coddle me and talk to me and reason it out with me. And it's really important to look through your life and to look for something that happened to you in a similar way. Because once you can see it, then you can see the fine line. You can see the line between needing to process emotions and choosing to continue to process them because there's a payoff. There's something that you're getting. 
And that is the difference between processing and victim. That's the biggest difference, especially in our in the big, big things that we go through in life. There's other times where we're not even being a victim over something that we need big to process, right? <laughs> it's just that we're like, why me? And all of these things. And so I like to talk about it in the arena of we can be people who ask why in our life, or we can be whiners, W-H-Y-N-E-R-S. And noticing if you're a person who kind of whines, W-H-Y-N-E-R-S, whiners, like, why, why is this happening to me? If you're ever asking that question, keep asking, but ask it better. <laughs> ask it better. Because you're in a state where you're not truly trying to understand. And if you drop in and truly ask why, and you say, why did this happen? Or why is this happening? All of the sudden, you're able to see. All of the sudden, all of these things can be dropped in front of you and you can go, oh my gosh, now I see. And then you can correct. I love that distinguishment because there is such a difference between dropping into something that maybe doesn't go your way yeah, with a deep curiosity and like not that judgment feeling. Right. I mean, talk about our emotional scale. Like we're kind of right. It's coming full circle with this for me versus playing that victim and complaining, you know, 100% because in life, what we focus on grows. And if you are a certain vibration, whatever you're putting out into the world comes back to you. It's an energetic field that we're messing around with. And so if you are sitting in a low vibration, which is victim, and you're asking why me, why, 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 you're only going to get more circumstances in your life manifesting to where you can say, why, 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 and be a whiner. It's not until you raise that vibration that you can attract something different. We're constantly, I love Wayne Dyer says, we are coaching other people in our life how to treat us. This is something that like, once you start to learn, once you start to understand, you start to see that we see the world the way that we are, not the way the world is. And if you can shift anything inside of you, when we start to make the shifts on the inside, the outside looks different. The outside is amazing. The outside becomes all the vibrations that you're feeling, all the emotions that you're feeling. And then all of a sudden you start attracting all of these amazing things and these amazing experiences in your life because all you were doing was committed to raise your vibration. Something that's interesting that uh, one of my coaching clients just talked to me about is she was saying that she had this, we go through a little process and we look at the way life is. And then we look at how we want to change it. We go through a little process in that. And we were talking about the list of the old things. And she said she's gotten to a point after even just four weeks where she's like, I can't even look at the list anymore because we have a whole process in what we do with the list. <laughs> but she's like, I can't. It drops me into such low feelings. And she's totally in recognition that that just used to be how she lived. So you've come so far. Like we briefly touched on. You've had some tragic parts of your life, but your perspective is just so hopeful. 
I love here. And you have a beautiful family mm-hmm. and it's just obvious for anyone who, you know, watches and follows you that you're living life with a lot of intention and purpose and joy. Mm-hmm. What is one or two things you wish a younger version of yourself would have known? Mm. What were some of your personal most important mindset shifts that kind of led you to these like breakthroughs of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I would say being aware of the condition of your heart and that you're in charge of that and how much power you have just internally. You know, I I love energy and vibrations and talking about meditation and I love the awareness that we can have inside of that. I think if I could it's very difficult. This is a question that I kind of pondered for a minute too because I just it's it's something that if we can go back and, and erase things or, or change things, then we don't actually get to carry forth the lessons that we learn from those things. And so our mistakes and our the things that we go through in life are our great teachers if we allow them to be. The thing that's interesting is like, so when you ask that question, if I could go back, sometimes I'm like, mm, I don't know that I really would, but I do wish that I could maybe had better tools in the arena of just knowing that we really do choose our own, let's call it a pharmacy inside of us. The way that the chemicals in our body that are produced from our thoughts that produce our feelings. So we have this, our thoughts contribute to our feelings, right? They create our feelings and that creates our neurochemistry. And I, I really do wish that I could have known that. I think that that things would have been a little bit different in, in different areas of my life had I known that you're in charge of your thoughts and you get to be in charge of them. And it's not based on just what you're subject to in a day. You're choosing everything you consume. You're choosing everything that starts on the outside of you and everything that starts on the inside of you. And there's so many ways that you can drop in and continually raise that and lift that so that your neurochemistry then becomes a pharmacy that like feels amazing. Yeah. I guess, I guess that Whitney, like (laughs) that is, I mean, that's a major shift. I mean, I know one of the things that one of the lessons that you've shared in your show, which is so wonderful and full of wisdom is, and it kind of encapsulates what you're saying. It says, if you find yourself in a bad neighborhood, we're talking about in your mind. Yeah. It's up to you to get out of there. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Because you really don't have responsibility hanging out with yourself if you are not able to lift your own self. You know, a lot of times what happens. So if you think a thought that's negative within 17 seconds, you're thinking another thought on the same wavelength, maybe a completely different category, but you're going to lower it. And in life, we can always say, well, what else is true? Maybe you're mad at your spouse because they don't clean up their mess. Who knows? And so you can focus on that if you want super low vibration. And then you're going to get more of it because what you focus on grows. Or you can focus on something else that's true about your spouse. That's also true. That's good. 
right? That says, oh my gosh, do you know how much he emotionally cares for me? Or do you know how many compliments he gives me in a day? Whatever it is, whatever it is. But it's there's there's little pockets of time where we suddenly learn that we have a choice. And I think we become more aware of that the more mindful we are, the more we practice things like meditation, the more time we give our space inside of our brain. Meditation is really, really huge for, for being able to increase the space between stimulus and response. And so there's a lot of times where we go through life and we're walking down the street and the guy says something about our purple hair and we're like in it. We're like in it that fast. We didn't even have a time to like think about it. And so if we understand that that is a tool, okay, and and meditation comes in lots of forms, but if we understand that that's a tool to be able to increase the space between stimulus and response to help teach us that we are a witness, that like we're witnessing everything that's going on inside of us and inside of our mind, and then we can kind of have more time and slow down time so that we have more cognitive ability to respond in our life versus like react. Yes. That's the practice. That's an ongoing practice. Right. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know my listeners are going to love, like, there's just so many things to try and for size and think about. So thank you for being so generous with this actual wisdom. And I will make sure to include your sheet or share it out. We'll figure it. We'll figure that out. Cause I know they'll want to see that. I always end my episodes with the same question. And that's what's one question women should be asking themselves more. Mm. And, and I would answer with something that I've already said. And I would say, what is the condition of your heart right now, right now? And if that feels like it stabs you, then Remind yourself that you have control over that and that you, once you see it, get to be in charge of it and you can completely alter that. Beautiful. I know people are going to be wanting more Misha in their lives after tuning in. So let us know where, where can we find you? Oh, anywhere. Really? My friend Misha on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I'm more, more active on Instagram. I have my my mindset check podcast so you can check in there. Yeah, just reach out anywhere any of the platforms. I do group coaching, so we we dive in and we do that a couple times a year. And yeah, it's just good juicy awesome work where we get to show up and and create containers of love and high vibration. So good. So good. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. Whitney, you really are such a gem. I love you so much. I know Whitney outside of just this podcast interview. She's amazing. You guys are doing an amazing thing, you know, listening and absorbing and being around the kind of person that Whitney is to put so much into this show and to all of that she does. So good. The coaching and everything. So good. You're awesome, Whitney. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.